I give you Junior. I do need to add that this episode will include spoilers, and there's also a trigger warning for sexual assault. Now then, on to the show. Welcome to The Descent, a podcast dedicated to international horror and genre films. I'm Mikey B. Jr., and with me I have... John Patterson, a.k.a. Astro Slop. Alright, man, it's a pleasure to have you on this uh, mini-episode for today. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here talking about new movies. Yeah, so we do have a special episode planned for everyone today. Um, Shudder just released The Sadness, and given that it's an extreme film from Taiwan, uh, John and I figured, you know, we can review this one on its own. So, um, John, take it away with the production information. Okay, The Sadness is a movie from 2021, you know, mid-pandemic. It is directed by Canadian filmmaker uh, Rob Jabez, who was working in Taiwan at the time, I believe. And cinematography is by Jie Li Bai and... Uh, the main stars of this one are Baron Zhu as Jim, Regina as Katie, and uh, Zhu Chiang Wang as the businessman, who is not have a name. And I thought of that earlier. Anyway, just <laughs> that plot synopsis. All right. You know, actually, um, I had no idea this was a Canadian filmmaker. <laughs> I, yeah. Like, I, I knew this was a feature debut, but yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I All guess right. he works in, in country and uh, he made his film there. All right, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so the uh, I'm just going to give you guys the logline for IMDb, and that states, A young couple trying to reunite amid a city ravaged by the plague that turns its victims into deranged, blessed, bloodthirsty sadists. Um, so you know what, John? I'm going to let you start off with some general thoughts of the film. Okay, general thoughts on this movie is uh, I was pretty prepared knowing that it was extreme horror, but there were some sequences that kind of went past what I had thought it would do. I have tried to stay away from any spoilers for this movie ever since I first heard about it sometime last year. So it did go a little bit further than I was expecting, and uh, I would also say it's one of probably the slickest-looking extreme horror movies, I'd say, cinematography-wise and budget-wise. Like, it doesn't look particularly Mm -hmm. grimy. It looks, you know, it's smooth movement of the camera, uh, smooth integration of effects, and I thought it was really interesting tonally because of that. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up. Um, I, I did notice it, it looked very, like, clean compared to the ones that, uh, at least the ones that have you showed me and what I've seen with, like, the new French horror extremity and stuff. So that that, that kind of surprised me, too. Um, overall, I, I, <laughs> I'm i conflicted with this film. because <laughs> no, okay. okay. Yeah, like, and so usually when I watch a movie, I'll, tr- I'll try to watch it, like, a week beforehand, you know, like, I let stuff process. But uh, given that, you know, it just came out yesterday, like, I'm still digesting this film and um you know like it was a great and like visceral experience and like I'm all for mean spirited films but man you know like some of this violence was it was pretty rough <laughs> and then you know there's that whole second half where it's just a lot of sexual violence and I was like okay so this is where we're at it is definitely but, um, uh, incredibly mean spirited and yeah. extreme horror while i'm saying it doesn't usually look slick uh an example of a film that's actually uh, more difficult to watch than this one but also has very good cinematography and a good look to it is uh surprisingly for a lot of people a serbian film doesn't look grimy it's shot very well oh. and uh, so this kind of reminded me of like not not really reminded me of a serbian film but just the fact that it has that extreme level but it also looks very polished like that mm did it did it have that like um well at least to me like i feel like this one had like that like early 2000 like kind of orangey tint to it does the serving film have it or i don't know no 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 i, I wouldn't or say that, that the that color more... grading or the color palette oh, okay, i was just gotcha. saying more like the quality of the film stock gotcha. the quality of the uh, camera movements and stuff like that not necessarily the color palette of the film gotcha 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 okay that makes sense 
Um, so I guess we could start off with the tone because that is like one of the first things you mentioned. Um, <laughs> so I'm assuming you're talking about like how there was a bunch of like dark humor aspects like done in the middle of this like deranged like carnage that was happening, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like I don't know how to feel about that. So like. I think to me, like, one of the main sequences or, like, scenes was when um, the guy starts chasing Jim and he's, like, completely naked with his hands up. And it was, like, right after he was, like, committing an act of, like, necrophilia. And I was like, am I supposed to laugh here? <laughs> like, I just, I really didn't know how to react. <laughs> well, um, I was talking to uh, Jonas about this earlier, actually, where he had a problem mm-hmm. with the tonal shifts in the film. The way I see it is actually the bla- the dark humor and some of the more melodramatic moments actually are supposed to kind of lull you into a sense of security. Maybe this film's not going to go as dark as I'm expecting it to just for the filmmakers to just completely fuck your shit up like shortly afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, if we want to talk about melodrama, think about... Um, the tearful goodbye that Cat uh, says to Betty, the the girl who lost her eye, and then what mm-hmm. happens roughly five minutes later, they have this oh, big <laughs> melodramatic send off, this big emotional moment, and then they filmmaker just comes in and just fucks your shit all up. Oh my god, yes. So I think the and humor and melodrama are actually in order to lull you into a sense of comfort for the rest of it to pack even more of an impact than it would have been if it was like unrelentingly bleak all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what? I like that because now I'm thinking about the the ending where like you get that like conversation with uh, Kat and Jim and you know like the film actually you know it stop, doesn't stop but like you, you get that like the melodramatic like between the, this couple and then <laughs> there's that final sequence where um she gets shot and it's just kind of like out of nowhere and you're just like well that's not what you were expecting to happen but yeah and you kind of expect it in that final sequence for him to by the way spoilers um <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, we probably should have mentioned that at the, the top of this one but I, if you, you know sp- what uh yeah i'll i'll, I'll add an addendum okay yeah. that sounds good <laughs> But no, if you think about it, like they, they do the same thing with that sequence when, um, what are their names? I, we, I just watched this yesterday for the first time as well. So uh, names are going to be difficult for me when Jim and Katie are talking to each other through that, uh, metal gate. And mm-hmm. you, you almost think that maybe, maybe he's breaking through this virus that's doing the thing. And then the turn at the end of his like monologue is just so good. And then yeah, she freaks so out and runs away and you just hear the gunshots and you're just like, <laughs> Okay, and then the movie ends. I know. And the death metal plays, and hell yeah. Yeah, I was, dude, like, that ending just had me, like, I was, I, I just kind of just sat there, like, it was, like, in the middle of, it was probably, like, two, three in the morning, and I'm just sitting here, like, in the darkness, like, just trying to process it all, like, okay. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, like I said, like, I'm just still trying to, like, try to digest all this. It was, it was a lot. It was, there's just a lot going on. Yeah, there is. And one thing I do like is that a lot of the actual on-screen gore is honestly not the most like horrifying stuff in the movie. A lot of it's left up to your imagination. Like mm-hmm. the worst scene in the movie, which I'm sure we'll discuss, is completely off screen, basically. Yeah. And a lot of the gore effects tend to lean more towards splatter than extreme. Like mm-hmm. uh think about the guy who gets stabbed in the neck and the in the subway train. Mm-hmm. And blood yeah, and then we get that like geysers. nightmare of Elm Street shot. Yeah. Geysers out of him onto the ceiling or the first the first kill we see when that uh dude at the cafe gets uh the oil poured on him and it's like straight mm. out of a melt film as his you know flesh is going and she's tearing it away more you know mm. it's got that it's got that sort of like goopy splattery vibe and then it just hits you with the rough shit like out of left field 
Yeah. You know, like, so I don't know if there's like a, a correct term for this, but I'm just going to call it the Jennifer Kent approach, where uh, you basically just see like the reactions of the people who are getting like, um, like, uh, just all this shit happening to where like you see their face just getting co- like covered in gore and like the blood flying everywhere and like chunks of meat or whatever. And you know what? That is what's surprising about this film is, especially because like you were mentioning in that cafe, I honestly thought it was going to be more in that direction where you see all the like goopiness and just all the like the skin coming off and stuff but it was more just really blood and that i can i I was able to handle a little more until we hit the part that we've already mentioned a few times the uh that eye fucking scene yeah (laughs) and actually i found one of the most distressing acts of violence you see on screen when the uh, earlier on when she loses her eye when she gets stabbed with the umbrella because you know eye eye damage is never easy to see Mm. and then eventually she ends up at the hospital where she's basically drugged up and stuck in this wheelchair by herself and uh a man has sex with her eye socket until she turns and it's the whole scene you know what's going to happen it implies it by having him peel the the bandage off of her eye and take his Mm -hmm. pants off and then the camera pulls away to someone hiding under a a gurney a couple feet away and it just shows his face and it's just screaming and it's (laughs) Yeah, I had a bad cough. And oh, I thought you were gagging for a second. No, and I was no, like, no, all I right. Was coughing. I was coughing. I was like trying to keep my cough and gotcha. then also trying to talk still. And I couldn't, I could not stop from coughing. <laughs> nah, you good. But like, you're good, uh, you're good. the fact that you don't see it and that it's just this really horrifying screaming instead of anything else is actually, I think, more effective mm-hmm. than if they would have shown it. Because yeah, your imagination of... is kind of like your worst enemy with this sort of stuff. Oh, big time. It's always that whole, like, less is more. Or, like, you know, just, like, with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where you don't really see a lot going on, but in your mind, oof, that's, yeah, that's where you really see it. You know, oof, excuse me, I had a burp, too. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you good. Um, But, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. So, I, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, again, processing all this, all this. Notes. I did, I did. Um, So, um, I guess I'll go back a little bit the pacing in this is really fucking good i think like within 15 minutes like shit gets going and i think before that like you you already see like two three instances of like people being all bloody and shit so i i really appreciate for this film being what an hour and 40 minutes like it it really took off yeah um i was pleased to see it, it wasn't two hours plus long that would be a slog mm-hmm. for a film like this yeah and you know what i also oh, go, ahead. No, go go on Oh, I will say, though, like, even though it was fast paced, I really did appreciate those like really moments of like it's like Jim, like kind of just catching his breath and like looking at his hand from what happened with his neighbor. And like he's kind of just like processing everything that's happening around him. So it was nice to seeing both the fast pace and then just kind of just taking it all in. I th- I think the pacing also really benefits from the way the film is sequenced, where we jump back and forth between Kat and Jim throughout the film until mm-hmm. they come together at the end, essentially. Because if there's a more of a lull in someone else's story, it will cut over. But there's also, the, the timing's not matched up completely. Like, when she gets on the train, I imagine it happens before the sequence. Yeah, because where, where she hasn't running. looked at her phone yet. Yeah, she hasn't lost her phone, and he hasn't sent the messages, and they drive that point when you see the phone, you know, on the f- blood-covered floor in the mm. train. So it was kind of nice to have it like that, where it's like, oh, shit's popping off. We're going to cut back a little bit and make it a little normal. And then they get this 
really uncomfortable first scene with the businessman when he's trying to talk to her on the train and he's doing real real weird shit already yeah yeah they really set him up to being the villain early on and um you know i was actually gonna bring that up like so um what was it okay so like i I noticed that like too like so if you think about the first person that got infected it was we see the old lady on top of the rooftop and you know like she's doing her thing you know just standing there looking all creepy and then we have this older gentleman guy whatever um who we start off seeing like that's kind of like already a perv and a creep and then um really pushy you know and then he turns and just becomes the, the main villain and did you get a sense of like maybe the film was trying to like to other the elderly people in this Oh, because of that? Or not really. No. Yeah. Every, it's kind of equal opportunity with everybody is yeah. becomes terrible. Like, think about the sequence with the kids on the basketball court, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you I, know what, dude? I had no idea that they were supposed to be kids. Yeah, yeah. No, they were, they were like teenagers, probably. Like a teenage <laughs> okay. baseball team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, you could also say that it is, if, if we're going to talk about this film also as, you know, what it obviously is, it's a, it's a, it's a pandemic film. It's a, it's a COVID mm-hmm. film, essentially. The first people to turn are the older people because they're more susceptible mm-hmm. to it, just like, you know, COVID was. So that would yeah. make sense in that context. I don't think they're saying, oh, old people are terrible. That dude sucked. You have no idea what the old lady was like before she turned, but she mm-hmm. is visibly one of the first people to have turned that we see. And she sh- she's the same old lady that shows up in the cafe, correct? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. It was that one guy's grandma, and then, yeah, all that shit just goes off. So I, I, I mainly think that we may first see it in her because she's older. So when this virus mutates or mm-hmm. whatever it does, it uh, it goes to her, you know, first. Okay, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, um, well, speaking about this being um, a COVID film, you know, I actually caught a lot. So obviously, you know, there's a lot of like service level commentary. You know, they're talking about like all this happening during election year, you know, the lockdowns, you know, how the economy is getting um, affected and stuff. And then there's like that one lingering shot of like just all the masks, like dirty masks on the floor and stuff. But I also did really like that there was like more subtext to this, at least, I mean, with me. So a lot of people are kind of calling this a zombie film. And you know how usually with those you see like it's the infection is usually spread through bite and stuff. And I kind of like that. Like they don't really show how they get infected. Like you don't see it. You don't see the uh, disease being transmitted. And I think that's what makes this really scary. And just also adding more to the whole like pandemic thing. Oh, I, I was kind of under the vibe at some point that it's mostly transmitted through like bodily fluid in general. Gotcha, gotcha. Because, like, when uh, the businessman is talking about how, how she turned, it's from, you know, that oh, yeah, eye yeah, level scene. So, like, I think, like, exchanging fluids or when that woman throws up on that man and then he becomes, you know, one of them fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. It seems to be like that, but it, I don't, I'm not sure it's consistent with that all the time because, you know, like, the, yeah. the characters are always getting sprayed in this infected blood. Well, actually, I guess it is consistent. Because the person who's always getting sprayed in the infected blood is turns out to be immune to it by the end of it, apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Cat. Yeah, yeah, Cat turns out to be immune. And maybe that's how, uh, what's his name? Maybe that's how, I'm forgetting the names. Maybe that's how uh, Jim, Jim got it, yeah. was from, you know, getting it in his eyes or in his mouth or something. Or even yeah, on his fingers. Then they, actually, oh, yeah, because he got his fingers cut off. So actually, that makes a lot of sense. Because yeah, I was wondering how, uh, how he got um, infected, too. And... Um, I was going to say, actually, I, I want to talk about them really quick. Like Jim and Kat, like I, at least to me, I feel like the, 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 the film kind of dropped the ball with their, with their characters. Just like it set up so much in the beginning. And then I don't know, at least to me, I kind of felt unsatisfied at the end. Um, What was it? I don't know. It's just the way how I saw it. Like, sorry, I hit my mic. 
Um, but yeah, like they were setting up this whole thing where like she's always working and he's always, you know, doing, um, trying to do his photography and stuff. And then nothing really gets caught up at the end. Or what do you think? At least that, that's how I saw it. Um, I think he attempts to take responsibility, but then, you know, he turns. So it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure character development is the point of this movie, if I'm yeah. being entirely <laughs> honest, because they, they shit pops off so fast and they're not around each other so much. And when mm-hmm. they finally do get back together, you know, he is not him anymore, essentially, or more him, depending on how you view how this virus works. Mm-hmm. So I think that just by virtue of how the plot is structured and how the film is sequenced, that character development between them doesn't really get the chance to, you know, occur, basically. Mm-hmm. No, I can see that. Yeah. Um, I was also curious on... Would you say so? Remember that that um, scene where Jim is talking to Cat on the phone, and like he starts seeing that head in the uh, the water. Yeah, yeah. Um. So he's like. So what I'm assuming is like he feels it in his body, like the infection, but he's trying to fight it off, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. To me, it felt kind of like he was kind of selfish because he was willing to like go over there and like help her, even though he knows he's turning, and which is why he turned by the time he went to the hospital and like. Or do you think it's just like more him, uh, the infection just kind of just taking over and that's why he decided to go to the hospital and stuff? I think that after that sequence where he sees that mannequin head turn into a real head, he he Mm -hmm. turns because if you notice when it cuts back to his face, a single tear comes down his cheek, which is the sign that he's about to turn. Like you'll notice it coming. I think it's his right eye. So, yeah, 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 yeah. and then they don't really cut to him again. And when they do, they won't show his face. And I'm like, that motherfucker's turned. And I knew it, you know? Nice. Well, nice. He caught that shit. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, nice. I like that. Yeah. It's like <laughs> perception or something, or it's, you know, the virus starting to affect his, his brain and as his limbic system or however else they, you know, wrote off how this shit happened in here. Mm-hmm. All right. For sure. For sure. Um, you know, I actually do have just one last, um, Thing i want to bring up i actually thought i had a lot more but you know, talking about it now and i'm kind of just like all right that subway scene man like whew, that was that's pretty tough <laughs> oh yeah and like the idea of being stuck on a train with something like that happening is also you know that's that is, terrible that is scary so they, man. They, scary. they picked a really good location for that sequence to happen because like you, what, what are you gonna do get off you can't too yeah like it's bad. moving like <laughs> it's it's fucking um well at least for me like i feel like that's probably one of the most like bloodiest sequences that i've seen in a, in a horror movie i don't know about you but Until at least for me like at, at least in, in like one room podcast. <laughs> oh that is true that is true which is coming up you guys so a little a, a little Actually. sneak peek yeah sneak peek oh i probably wasn't <laughs> supposed to say that oh well too bad it's um, all good it's all good um yeah fuck it whatever you know um but yeah you know what i did like about that scene though is that um i noticed right away like the the bystander effect like yeah. how it's working because you know like we're shit. dude for real it's like you're in a small enclosed area and like there's some people that still have their phones and like their headphones in which is why like the last guy like gets it in his neck and stuff that is a real phenomenon it's definitely something i saw and i went oh yeah uh, people do that shit don't they yeah something um, i want to mention before we stop actually is the fucking president eating it during the press conference and then it imme- <laughs> as soon as his head explodes it immediately cutting to a technical difficulties i fucking laughed out loud yeah you see and and like that's where like the the tone caught me off guard because it was like very serious up until that point you know what i mean like we, we get the subway scene we get um like all these inc- like really serious like mean-spirited scenes and then you see the just the like zany like president with the grenade in his head and like like scanner head exploding deal so i don't know that, that was just like 
the tone just threw me off the guard with that because it looked uh, which is uh, I wouldn't necessarily say cartoonish but like yeah kind of just very different compared yeah. to what we're like seeing and stuff you know yeah and they either inserted those as a way to make you they could just be moments of like a reprieve basically for the viewer you know you can't stay mm-hmm. full speed for an entire <laughs> movie it's exhausting so yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. and it also makes this the real fucked up stuff more effective because you know you've had those breaks so when it hits you you know you're not like numb to it mm-hmm. nah, i feel you um actually there's one more thing i want to bring up um the sound production in this oh man shit was fucking insane like the score i don't know what it, exactly instruments they were using but man that shit was just so chaotic especially when like um jim was like running through the alley and like it was it was very intense and like, i i really enjoyed that that score I don't know if you remember it. I'll have to go back and listen to it because I was kind of like locked in, not even noticing yeah, yeah. it. Like it was probably affecting me in ways I didn't understand. But no, yeah, I dude. Like I remember off the top of my head what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounded like at least I would say like you know like the chaos at the Mars Volta bring sometimes, where it's just like a bunch of like a trumpets and horns and like just yeah. very very like fast pace and like just very chaotic and it's just it really at least to me like it really felt like it um it really enhanced the scene of him running with like getting chased and shit. Yeah, I, and then I, like. I know what you're talking about. It's that real discordant yeah. like clash of instruments. It doesn't really seem yes. to have any like major time signature. It's like a, it's like an ending of like a free jazz song. It's just yeah, it's just chaos and like it just yeah. it builds so much tension. Oh man. And then, like, on top of that, like, we get the scenes when Jim is in the alley and, like, you don't hear anything except, like, the screams and, like, the carnage and the violence. And I was like, man, like, it, it works so well. We're, like, in that one scene, you get the insane instruments and then it cuts off and you just hear the people, like, crying for for help and stuff. And it, it was very effective. Yeah, the sequence where he looks around the city and you don't see anything happening, but when his gaze moves to different parts of the different buildings, you hear different screaming and different stuff happening. Yes. was really effective. Yeah, big time. Like, I, I had my headphones in and I was, I was, it really creeped me out. I was like, man, this is really good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fucking excellent. Like, it, even if you watch this movie, you don't like it, you can't really argue that it's not effective at what it set out to do. Yeah, big time. You know, I would say by the end of all this, yeah, I would say I'm more towards the uh, positive side. Like, it was definitely a tough watch, but I, I'm a little more keen on the film now. Yeah, I mean, it's not a movie that you sit there and say, hey, I enjoyed this movie, because, you know, like, it is, it's a, it's a rough <laughs> it's watch. Tough. Yeah. But yeah. honestly, I would say if you're looking on getting into extreme horror I don't think this is a bad place to like gauge your ability to handle certain things because it doesn't go as bad as a lot of those movies, but it also kind of mm-hmm. does, but not for like an extended period of time. Like things happen and then they'll go away. It's not like it's the entirety of the film. So I think it if, doesn't if, like if, linger on it. If you're thinking about testing the waters and extreme horror, I think this is a pretty good way to do that. Yeah, you know, I I can agree to that because like I haven't seen too much, obviously. Like I've just whatever you've shown me, obviously. And um, I, I would say this is probably a pretty good. A starting off point especially because it's like it has that like mainstream uh accessibility to it at, le- at least that's what i think yeah it's not like fucking atroz which is an example that you know yeah. you've seen like that 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 yeah. is a mean nasty <laughs> movie but it's also yeah. i'd say more explicit than this movie mm-hmm. is which potentially makes it harder to watch oh definitely but definitely. both of those like, movies are very both of those atroz and this are incredibly mean-spirited i was mo- i was in- amazed to have a movie look this good and be this fucking mean mm-hmm get behind that it's it's definitely mean because like yeah like i think up until this point like the only ones i can really think about being like very very mean spirited would be like atroz or like maybe even like trauma or like um what's the other one called like eden lake but even then like i I think this film is very up there 
and in mean spirit's sake yeah the 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 transition from the the moment of character building and emotional part with uh betty and then her getting skull fucked and then the way the ending plays out i think are is two incredibly mean things to do an audience and yeah. like and this movie was them so for mean having to the balls to fucking do it you know what i mean for real for real it's like i felt so bad for her like she she was just chilling the whole time like man that really sucked i guess we can say though the guy that almost closed the tunnel on them and then let that happen to her he got what he fucking deserved <laughs> oh big time big time especially with that um again like it goes back to that like kind of like dark humor aspect where she just straight up just decks him as soon as she sees him like like that like that part i actually laughed out loud because like okay like that he, he deserved that and then you know his death and then the zombies who were just having and when, when she turns and she she goes to get him the zombies who were just having like a blood orgy yeah. are just like hanging out waiting for him to back up right in the spot to grab him so she could do what she does and i was just like fucking hell yeah yeah they were totally just waiting on him and he he deserved it him and the um the businessman yeah man i never hated a character so much like in a while yeah like oh man <laughs> every time he was on screen i just wanted him to like just fucking die already i was like god damn well, well they did they did it, they did a good job with that because in order to make him you know like us hate him especially they showed us that he was a piece of shit before he even turned because mm-hmm. yeah. like if he was just a random guy who had turned took it took an eye on these people like yeah his actions would have turned you against him but you wouldn't really have a frame of reference for like who he is but it mm-hmm. seems like his version of when he gets we'll call it the sadness his version of it is just an extension of like like an extreme extension of what he already was mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah i could totally see that because yeah like uh, up while he was having that um discussion like when he was basically trying to hit on him on a cat like i already didn't like this dude so like seeing how like he kind of just evolved or, like gave into his primal urges like made me hate him even more yeah yeah it's, it's, that's what i got man <laughs> so would you recommend this to people mm, i would mm, that's a tough one because you know i guess it depends on just on like who they are you know what i mean like i obviously would not show this to my wife um i have a few friends who i think might enjoy it but like you said if you're into if you're trying to start getting into extreme horror definitely definitely yeah or if you're already into it give it a shot yeah. i'm seeing mixed yeah, yeah. reactions from people all over the spectrum but mm-hmm. i think the the film is at the very least effective and has some very very tense moments even if you're not into this sort of like gore and stuff like yeah. that like uh Definitely. the the hallway sequence after they get off the train and uh, the entirety of the sequence in the maternity ward like it they know how to build tension yeah big time big time um you know you actually bring up a, a good point real quick i really do like how devices divisive this film is because like if everyone hated it like no one really gave it a chance but i do like that like you either love it or you hate this film and I think that's what's going to make more eyes to watch it because like, man, I hear some people love this, but I hear so many people hate it. And I, I could see them like just gathering a bigger audience because of that. Yeah. More people are going to, going to, you know, be able to watch it. And for a film, a film that could be considered extreme horror to be on a service like shutter is, you know, I'm not talking shit about shutter, but you don't usually mm-hmm. see extreme horror on shutter. Like I think that cannibal Holocaust really. for a bit, they might still have it. But it doesn't really, and then they did the new French Extremity, but... For about a month, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it stands out amongst it, and the fact that it is also technically a zombie movie will probably also bring it to a wider audience. It's a pretty good, you know, reference mm-hmm. point for people who are just into horror or gore to see something like this. Yeah, big time. Actually, um, I did see someone uh, mention, and, and I want to know your thoughts about this, like, 
So since this is technically like a zombie movie, like how we said, um, he, the they weren't really um uh, surprised. Not I wouldn't say surprised, but like the gore was like whatever. But he mentioned like if this was maybe classified as like just a regular serial killer movie that like it kind of just heightens up the gore that we see and stuff like do you, do you agree with that if it was considered a serial killer movie instead of a zombie movie? Yeah. yeah 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 so like basically like calling this a zombie movie like kind of like changes your uh, mindset and like you kind of see a bunch of all these like like you're kind of used to seeing all this gore but if you're kind of considering this just regular serial killer movie i guess it like heightens it up a little more yeah i mean potentially the the issue that would be with me for something like that is the concept of the way the zombies act in this film was influenced by a comic book called crossed which i've read a lot of and mm-hmm. it has is a similar it, is it still ongoing um it's kind of like a episodic, you know, different authors for different arcs. Gotcha. They tell different stories about different characters. Uh, if you're interested in it, the first arc by the series creator, Garth Ennis, and uh, the series that used to be a webcomic, Wish You Were Here, are both very good. But it also has the same idea where these people who become infected essentially become sadists. So I had a point of reference already coming into it because, you know, it's it's admittedly influenced by Crossed. So I already had an idea yeah. of what I was getting into with it. So it, it wouldn't change much for me. But if you just said this is a serial killer movie, I also feel like that's kind of disingenuous, I guess. Because uh, when you think of a serial killer movie, you think of a very specific thing. Everybody has a certain MO. They have a certain way of mm-hmm. doing it. They're usually, you know, slower paced films or more focused on one person. But like this has that scope to it that... And a lot of the sequences are, you know, reminiscent of stuff, especially like uh, think of the opening sequences when they wake up in bed and then they're running for their lives in the streets. And it's very reminiscent of the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead. Mm hmm. And uh, so it, it feels more like a zombie movie to me, but just, you know, uh, we'll say flavorful zombies. Yeah, I can call them that. Like, um, by this point, I'm kind of just calling them like infected hunters because like Shudder just released this other one called like Virus 32, which is from uh, Uruguay. And it's essentially the same thing where like it changes them into these like, yeah, just like infected people, but they're not necessarily zombies because it's not like just straight up like your George Romero or like 28 Days Later type of zombies. Yeah, it's different. It's got a different flavor to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, the zombie genre in general got kind of played out there for a while, but I think we're probably yeah. moving towards a resurgence at this point because mm-hmm. the uh, the wave has kind of crested. And I think the last big zombie release was actually probably Train to Busan, I imagine. Mm-hmm. So the sadness yeah. is kind of like filling a niche that hasn't been filled in a while. So mm-hmm. All right, I got one more question. Okay. Are you excited for the, for the remake? Was it like Train to uh, the, the New York one, the American one? Okay. Um, or a train to Busan. Actually, um, I'm gonna say yes because uh, I will not know how to pronounce his last name. But the director is. Hold on, let me look this up to try not to fuck this up. Okay. Excuse me. It's uh, Timo Tja Ja Janto, and he is an Indonesian director, and he is currently oh, nice. uh, in place to direct that. And he has directed such things as the cult sequence and VHS two Safe Haven. <laughs> Ooh, okay, uh, I know exactly what you're talking the about. The movie now. Killers, um, yeah. the May the Devil Take You, The Night Comes for Us, the uh, sequence in VHS 94 where the woman has a camera for a head. So yeah. he's a director. If anybody's going to do it right, like I trust Timo to do it. Like he's very, very mm-hmm. good at his job. And I think he could make a really interesting take on it. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, that just got me excited. <laughs> I, I didn't know it was that, that a director. Like I just, I just heard about it, but I haven't really like looked into it. But yeah. um, Yeah, ever since that VHS 2 segment, I'm, I'm just on mm-hmm. board for whatever yes. the fuck he does i don't care yeah oh man that's so fucking good that like the whole it, it's the occult uh, one right yeah yeah the one yeah, that, oh yeah uh totally, they're yeah. like going through and interviewing people and then shit goes crazy about halfway through yeah. it's, it's 
easy it's one of the longest vhs segments but it's also probably my favorite out of all the films oh easily easily it, it was so fucking good like, i remember i was just so like just perplexed by it. it was fucking awesome it was so good tension and anyways that that's for a different <laughs> episode you should also go on netflix and watch the night comes for us which is a very violent action movie that he directed featuring a lot of the actors from the raid oh oh you know what i have seen that one that one's outside from for the most part right i'm stupid but yeah there's a scene in a butcher shop Um, you know i think i have seen that one let me check it out i don't know if you see if you have if you haven't watched it you you should watch it it fucking rocks oh yes i have seen that one yeah Yeah. so yeah (laughs) somehow we ended up coming talking about this but uh that's our uh, review for the sadness, you guys. <laughs> there you go. Watch it if you think you want to, and don't if you don't. It's that simple. Exactly. And I'm assuming if you want more, you can always go check out that uh that uh, graphic novel, right? What was it? Um, crossed. Yeah, crossed. Gotcha. All right, you guys. So there you have it. Um, if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please rate and subscribe. It really helps us out to get in front of other listeners who would enjoy the show. And you can find me on social media platforms at Mikey Peralta Jr. And you can find John at, on Twitter at Astroslop. And we do have an email under the descentpod at gmail.com. So feel free to hit, hit us up and we'll gladly talk to you about anything else with you guys. Have a great day.